most exciting sport in the world. NASCAR. NASCAR. It's not an opinion. It's fact. And we're fanatics. This is the Behind the Wall podcast, brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. If it's race recaps, previews, driver news, results, schedules, and anything else NASCAR, we are your premier podcast. Flying by the seat of our pants, the Behind the Wall podcast with your host, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. It's another episode of the Behind the Wall podcast, episode 66, the Timmy episode. Timmy! We got another good one for you. It's just me once again. Uh, and it, this might end up being even worse than the show before. Uh, that reason being, I was in the sky all day Sunday, was unable to watch the race. The first race I've missed in probably two years kind of hurt. I was expecting American Airlines to have their Wi-Fi up and running so I could watch it uh, while I was in the air. However, it was not. Thank you, American Airlines. I'm a big sh- fan of streaks, and that streak was broken, unfortunately. So I was unable to watch it live but i was able to catch some of the highlights uh i mentioned last time it was a show just by myself uh the jeff clock poll and judging from the highlights that i saw it really did not look like that bad of a texas race and i I mentioned it last week uh in the past texas has been has been absolutely atrocious ever since the reconfigure but on sunday it's a little different We, we had cautions uh, I don't know, you know, the boring parts of the race. I did not see that. I only saw the highlights. But the way it looked with the highlights looked like a pretty interesting race, at least uh, highlight-wise. But I didn't see the whole race, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, running through the playoff standings, Kyle Larson, he's on to the championship four. He could take a break, does not even have to try the next two re- two weeks at Kansas and uh, at Martinsville. Uh, Ryan Blaney, he's in second. He's 17 above the cut line. Denny Hamlin. Nine points above the cut line. Kyle Busch, he was minus one going into the weekend. He's coming out plus eight and below the cut line as it stands. Chase Elliott, he's minus eight points. Brad Keselowski, minus 15. Martin Truex Jr., minus 22. And Joey Logano, surprisingly, minus 43. This is a – it's getting dangerously close to Joey Logano needing a win to get into the playoffs. And I wouldn't be sweating too much if I were him just because – He's won at Martinsville before. He seems to always be near the front, so he can definitely win that race. However, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Really, Lagana just needs uh, Kyle Larson to sweep, uh, or he needs to win, or he needs Kyle Larson to win at Kansas to uh, really give him a good shot. Because if uh, Chase Elliott, Keselowski, or Truex end up winning, or Kyle Busch, then it really gets into must-win territory, and that's when. Uh, it's when a lot of drivers start to falter just because it's so tough to get a win already. And then when you get the pressure of needing a win to move on to the uh, race for a championship, that's when the problems start happening. So we're, we're gearing up for a super interesting two race sprint to make it to the championship four at Phoenix 
And besides Kyle Larson, I, I really don't know if there's a if there's a lock heading into Phoenix. I mean, we saw what happened with Joe Lagan this past weekend. One one incident can take you out of contention. And it could happen to anyone. Ryan Blaney, Danny Hamlin, Kyle Bush. No lead is safe. The only lead that is safe is a win. Kyle Larson went ahead and did that. He's safe, does not have to worry, like I said. However, we got seven other drivers who are fighting for three spots, and there are going to be four drivers leaving Martinsville with their head hanging low because they did not move in. So, looking at my final four projections, I believe, let me pull it up. I know I had Larson, uh, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and uh, Kyle Busch. So, my top four could be correct. And I think, well, obviously, uh, Larson's in. I still think uh, Chase Elliott's going to win at uh, at Martinsville. He could win this weekend in Kansas. He's won there before. Uh, so I'm still I'm still pretty happy with the the four that I've got. It's definitely not out of the picture for them uh, for them four to make it in. Chase Elliott still got him winning the championship. Uh, the Roval that was kind of a letdown because we were, I, I thought that was going to ignite his push for the championship. However, that didn't happen. He had the the scuffle round two with Kevin Harvick, so that really took him out of contention. So he he doesn't have the you know the the, uh, the momentum behind him heading in, heading into these last couple of races. But he still ran well on Sunday. I'm obviously he's not out. He's only eight points back. But like I said, anything could happen. Chase Elliott though, he still looks good. Still feeling good about him. Uh, so, like I said, I did not get to watch the entire race, so I really can't provide in-depth coverage of what went on. Uh, and I, it's just me. So, sorry for the lack of coverage regarding the Texas race. Uh, bigger news coming out this week. 2311, they said they had a charter, but the news came out they don't have one. They were talking with Front Row Motorsports. Those talks fell through. So, as of right now, Denny Hamlin and 2311 and Kurt Busch, they don't have a charter for the 45 car next season, which is interesting because you would think that they'd be able to get a charter, but they're so hard to come by at this point in the season or this point in the year. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get one. Uh, I don't think it's really going to affect sponsor money that much. The only big thing it's going to change is, you know, the purse payout for the non-charter driver, which, uh, I don't know the difference between the two. It's going to be interesting. I, I just I don't know where the charter would come from unless uh, they find a way to get Starcom's charter since it's heavily rumored that they're shutting down at the end of the season. I don't know if Spire's going to lease them one until something happens. There, there are just a lot of unknowns surrounding 2311 and this final charter. Uh, but I do want to get Josh's opinion on this. He just joined. Welcome, Josh. So uh, I saw on Twitter somewhere today that uh, it was college racing, and apparently they only got paid like $1,000 maybe for their win in Indianapolis. So it shows like what it pays to be a chartered team versus a non-chartered team. Obviously, the college cart uh, with AJ was unchartered, so that's why the payout was so low. But like winning a race in the Cup Series and getting paid $1,000, no matter if you're chartered or not, is just outrageous. And so 2311 is going to need to find this charter. And uh, we don't know if Starcom is going to close. There's the news to Rick, uh, the Rick Ware family that came out today that may lead to some charter uh, popping up and being sold. So 
I don't know. Twenty three eleven's got to find a way, or else they're going to make no money besides sponsorship dollars. It's not a good sponsorship, or it's not a good business strategy running a competitive car with no little to no money coming since they're not a charter team. So Denny Hamlin touched on it early this week. He had some choice words for uh, the amount of money that's going into these cars and not getting the the ROI on this car. It's it's not a smart business model. Uh, so we're, we're going to have to wait and see. I think obviously they're going to, they're going to make it happen. They've got Kurt Busch and they've got a crew chief who they haven't announced yet. So as far as I know, the 45 is still going to be running next year. I'd be surprised if they don't, but that's definitely a big wrench in the plans. And, uh, basically I'm assuming this is probably going to be Kurt Busch's send off season. So that's honestly not a good way to start it. All right, so Josh, since you just joined, I wrapped up the talk about Texas. I didn't have much to say just because I was unable to see the race, only highlights. Uh, why don't you give us a rundown of what happened, what you saw? Did you think it was a typical Texas race, or were you surprised with the product that was on the track? Uh, last week, and mostly every week, I trashed a 550 package because the racing it provides. But this week, the racing was still bad, but there were wrecks, so that was kind of cool. Uh Bubba Wallace spun off a turn two early in stage one, taking out, I guess, a lot of mid-tier teams. You had Alex Bowman uh, getting caught up in it, Ricky Stenhouse. So I guess I like the some front runners, some back markers, just a mix of everybody. Uh, playoff guys had trouble. Truex had trouble. Joey Logano blew an engine, something we don't usually see from Penske cars. So it provided a lot of entertainment. 500 miles is still very long for Texas. It's a... Uh, the resin, I think, helped a little bit, but you could not pass for the lead after restarts. That's how you saw Kyle Larson dominate the race. I mean, Kyle Larson is insanely good at these mile and a half this year, but to just be that fast and not get passed for the lead every single time we get it as a uh, mile and a half, it's kind of insane, and it's got to say something about the package, and I don't think NASCAR was like too happy with how it happened, the racing it provided, but I think we're going to stick this pack style racing for, uh, I don't know how many years we're going with the next gen car. I think a lot of it has to do with the reconfiguration. Cause I was watching a video last week about the history of Texas and you know, there, there are a lot of issues with the track a lot or some of them they've, they've fixed the issues, but one, it seems like the racing was good for a couple of years and then they had the reconfigure and then it sucked. And then they tried to fix it with the next or the, the, current package that we're running now didn't fix it so i think i don't know if the next gen car is putting a band-aid on a bigger issue that is the the layout of texas but hopefully it's it's a it's a viable fix because overall I, i'm not going to say anything about this weekend because i only saw highlights um so I'm, I'm indifferent about the race obviously wrecks are good but uh i i still just don't i'd, I'd don't think that Texas is a good track and it certainly shouldn't be in the playoffs in the round of eight because you can, you can find a better track to put there that will actually provide action. I mean, Chicago land or something like that. I know it's I know it's not an SMI track, uh, but I mean, send them to Atlanta. Atlanta at least has the chance to be a decent race when there's really no chance that Texas is a decent race. Well, I think you mixed the change of the cars in there. You got to think we used to run, 900 horsepower 750 horsepower at that place and now it's they're struggling to get over 190 in the draft it's 
the reconfiguration of the track. It's the reconfiguration of the car. And then we're moving to a next-gen car who is going to be even 40 horsepower slower than what we have now. We have 550. Next year, we're going to 510. Like, how slow are we going to get these things to go until the racing is good at Texas? So, I don't know. I think it's a track problem. You look at turn one, and it's 80 feet wide, but I think you maybe use 20 feet of it because you got the bottom groove, and then you got the second groove that has the resin in it, and they're trying to widen the groove, so to say, but it's not working because as soon as you pop into that, like, second and a half, third groove, you get dirt on your tires, and you're spinning towards the wall. You saw Brandon Brown do it in the uh, Xfinity race. You saw uh, Denny Hamlin do it. You saw Bubba Wallace do it. I mean, I don't know. I have very strong opinions on Texas. I don't think it should be in the playoffs. I don't think it should be on the Cup Series schedule, but uh, we put our all-star race there. Eddie Gossage pays the big bucks for all this stuff, so I don't know. I'd take Chicagoland over like majority of the tracks that we have on the schedule now. Chicagoland always produced good racing, especially the last two years of the track. You had Alex Bowman picking up his first win. The year before you that, you had the, uh, the slide job with uh, Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch. I mean, the track provided good racing, and I think it was at its best when they stopped going there. Same with Auto Club. Racing gets really good, and Auto Club was one of my favorite tracks, and now it's gone. We're turning it into a short track. That's the Bowman effect. Yeah, just killing tracks. Need, one at Bo- Auto Club. need Bowman to win at Texas. That's it. He didn't look good there this weekend, especially after getting taken out. Yeah, it must, must mean Texas there is there to stay. Uh, another topic this week, we've got more drama between – uh, Chase Briscoe, Denny Hamlin. Do you have any thoughts about the uh, the ongoing feud with these two drivers? Not as prominent as Harvick and Chase Elliott, but it's I think it's still a decent feud. Well, it's a little bit more prominent than uh, Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick since NASCAR got in the middle of it and uh, made the rivalry, I guess, stop. But um, I don't know. We have had a lot of like weird rivalries this year. You've had Ryan Newman versus Quinn Houth. You've had Chase Elliott, NASCAR's golden boy, to Kevin Harvick, an old veteran in the Cup Series. And now you get Chase Briscoe, a rookie with Stuart Haas, and Denny Hamlin, uh, arguably one of the best and never won a championship. So it's just kind of, it's weird, the rivalries we've had. And I don't know how far, like, the bickering goes back and forth between these guys. I remember hearing about it earlier in the season, but seeing them go at it on social media is really cool, but I want to see them go at it on the track, race hard. And unfortunately I don't think uh, Stuart Haas racing has the equipment this year to be able to battle up front with Joe Gibbs racing. No, I honestly, my favorite part about this, this uh, interaction between the two is that it spilled onto social media. So you have uh, Denny Hamlin and Chase Briscoe going at it on Instagram and uh, being able to, I guess, I don't know what it is about being able to read, the the comments back and forth between two drivers because usually on a normal race weekend when two drivers have issues you see the camera and you just see them talking to each other pointing fingers shoving you don't really know what they're saying unless you're super good at reading lips and sometimes they have their helmets on and you can't read the lips so half time you don't know what they're saying but on instagram you can read everything and it was it was it was petty on both ends for sure yeah, I'm all good. Uh, or I'm all for a good social media argument, but I want to see him go duke it out. I want to see. Uh, I want to see some more fights. So last fight we had was what Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell, a random qualifying fight. I want to see stuff like that. I want to see these rivalries and Chase Briscoe and Denny Hamlin. I don't think would give us a uh, altercation on pit road rivalry, but 
I don't know. I guess social media has got to do it for us. All right. If you could see two drivers fight on pit road, who would it be? I mean, you got to go with the obvious here. I want to see BJ McLeod. And I feel like we pick on these guys a lot. Let me go BJ McLeod and Ryan Newman. I feel like Ryan Newman, he's got like the, the country boy strength. He'll go, I don't know. I feel like that'd be a pretty good fight. I think I would go Matt DiBenedetto. And I got to figure out another strong man. Willie Byron. Uh, w- yeah, William Byron. <laughs> I just don't I just don't associate William Byron with being super, super. Uh, I would go Corey LaJoy okay. and uh, Matt Benedetto, Two muscular guys, strong personalities. Seeing them just brawl on pit road would be electric. But what would be like the funniest fight on pit road? Funniest fight would be. Uh, I'll go Cody Ware. <laughs> Cody Ware and Quinn Half, because I feel like their workout plans aren't like too big because they're not on like the big name racing teams and I, I don't know. I feel like it'd be a good fight. They're two pretty small guys too. I'd go Ross Chastain and Joe Logano just because I know that both of them Off like Frank. to smile. So seeing them, uh, seeing them smiling while punching each other, and then you know the the post fight interview when they get Logano, just gonna be like, ah, it's a short track fight, huh? Yeah, just go on there and say, ah, frick, Ross Chastain with his watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a flying watermelon out of nowhere. Hits Joe Lugano in the head. Concussion. Out of the playoffs. That'd be that'd be pretty electric. All right. Back to back to actual racing note. Playoff picture. Four drivers below the cut line. Chase Elliott, Keselowski, Truex, and Logano. How do you feel about their chances moving their way into the final four and joining Kyle Larson and Phoenix? I feel like it's going to be tough because I think Ryan Blaney is going to go to Kansas and be really strong. And we've seen him strong at times at Martinsville. It's just kind of, if Penske's good, he's good. And if Penske's not good, he's usually mired back in the pack, usually a lap down. So I think you go to the mile and a half and you got to look, uh, Really at six, seven, and eight, Brad Kozlowski, Martin Truex Jr., and Joey Logano. I think Joey Logano has a really good shot to win at Kansas. Uh, he's done it before. Truex, you got to think, he's been almost a short track king here as of late. And then Brad Kozlowski, I feel like, is just a very versatile driver and can go and win anywhere. But it's just a Penske deal. When Penske's good, they're really good. But when they're bad, they're bad. And I feel like that happens at a lot of tracks. But one driver who I could see falling out of the top four is – Probably Kyle Busch or Ryan Blaney, just because how inconsistent, so to say, they are at Martinsville. I think it's going to come down on that. I'd have to agree with you with Kyle Busch, but Ryan Blaney has basically switched places with Joey Logano for being the sneakiest driver in the playoffs. Not a lot of, you know, uh, there's not a lot of flashiness behind his driving right now because he's not winning races. However, uh, being second in points, as we head to as we head to Kansas, that's pretty significant, and especially doing it under the radar. That's I, I respect that. That's that's something Joey Logano would do. That's something I thought Joey Logano was going to do, but obviously it didn't happen. Joey Logano's forty three points out. Yeah, I'm really surprised after Joey Logano's championship. I thought he was going to be one of those guys who came in and just started racking up the championships. I think Joey Logano is really talented about anywhere, but. The past two years just haven't really gone his way. Obviously, he's still in the top eight in the playoffs, but 
I don't know when we're going to get that next championship out of him. I don't know. It might come next year when they got Austin Sendrick in there and they're really pushing all three of these drivers. But I think with Brad Kozlowski there, Kozlowski's on his way out and there's no inner team like motivation or competition between the two because Kozlowski's just kind of there at this point. Yeah, he's in cruise control for sure. I think this year, I, I, Joey Logano is obviously not going to win the championship, but I think next year he's got a good opportunity at winning just because he's stepping into a new role, which I don't believe he's he's truly been in just because Kislowski has been basically the dad of the team, the uh, the veteran. And Joe Logano, while he came a uh, couple years, if not one, two years after uh, Kislowski stepped into the two, he's never really had that, you know, like main veteran, number one driver type role. So I think him being in that position is really going to up his game because he's got Ryan Blaney, who's obviously number two, and Austin Sendrick, who's a young gun, uh, winning races in Xfinity Series, competing when he was racing in Cup in the 33. So I think we're going to see really good Penske team next year. Uh, Keselowski is still a great driver. I just think that his his focus is on Roush next season and how he can help them and you know turn that organization back into a winning team. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do with Roush. I mean, it's a team that hasn't had much success, and the only storylines that have circled around it, around it, around the team, sorry, uh, is Chris Buescher getting DQ'd from finishing second at Daytona, which would have put him in the playoffs, and then Ryan Newman's incident in the Daytona 500. Other than that, Roush has been pretty quiet, and I think Brad Kozlowski coming there is what the sponsors want, what Brad Kozlowski wants because he gets to be back in the ownership role, and maybe we could see the return of his truck team once he gets into the ownership role again, he's like, Hey, I remember how much I like this and help young talent get into the, uh, I guess the Ford camp. Cause he was a Ford team when he was in trucks. Yeah. The drivers that came through Brad Kozlowski racing was they he had a good slate of drivers. Yeah. Briscoe and Cindric came through there and then, uh, Austin Terrio, he raced a few times. He got in a bad crash. I remember he got injured. And, uh, after that, we didn't really hear much of him, but, definitely Cindric Xfinity Series champion uh then coming to the Cup Series next year so BKR definitely had some good talent I'd like to see him make a return just because it's good to have Cup drivers essentially being the the feeder team to the Xfinity Series and uh obviously Roush doesn't have their Xfinity presence anymore uh but you know be able to grab onto these drivers early on especially if it, if it, even if it's only a one car team uh since because uh, Keselowski can only race a finite amount of races in the, during the season. Even if it's a one-car team, having that driver in the seat, following him towards Roush, that's a good deal right there. Yeah, And, and uh, Brad Keselowski has an eye for talent. That's very true, and I think if he does that, at that point you could chase an owner's title in trucks if you were to do that. You see, that's what's happening with the one car this year. Josh Berry and Michael Annette are pretty much changing seats in that ride it seems like we never know who's going to be in it come race time but I think the one car is still in the owner's championship hunt so it's pretty cool to like see that I'm looking at it now yeah they're eighth in the owner's championship 46 points out or behind first so I don't know I think what if Brad Kozlowski were to do that have a very good driver come in there and then go for an owner's title I think that'd be really good I agree all right, Kansas this weekend, second race of the round of eight. What are you looking forward to? Do you think we're going to see another Kyle Larson domination race? 
or, or do you think we're going to go out there and see Kyle Larson dominate the race or, or is some other driver going to make it into victory lane like a uh, Chase Elliott or um, uh, Kyle Busch? Can you see anyone else making their way into victory lane? I think this is a track that can have a non-playoff guy win it. Uh, Alex Bowman has really been really good here in the past. Tyler Reddick was looking very good at Texas for a little bit of time and then got back in the pack and just so hard to pass to get back up. Austin Dillon, just Hendrick Motorsports as a whole has been really good here. We thought William Byron might have a shot to win last week, but I don't see Kyle Larson uh, dominating like he did Texas. I think this could be more of a, I talked about it a couple minutes ago, Joey Logano type race, Brad Kozlowski. They've been pretty good at Kansas. Obviously, we had the battle between Harvick and Logano last year at Kansas for the win. Harvick pulling it off, but Harvick's not going to be one of the front runners, I don't think, because they haven't been good at the 550 packages. So, I don't know. I feel like we're going to have a Penske race. I think it's going to be either Brad Kozlowski or Joey Logano. I'm going to pivot from that because I I, I think Penske's going to be good, and they've really thrown a wrench in the plans of uh, Joe Gibbs Racing and Hendrick Motorsports because we thought they were going to be the ones who just obliterated the uh, the playoff field. But I'm going to go with Hendrick this weekend just because I think Kyle Larson is so good on mile-and-a-half tracks. He's led a majority of the laps, uh, and Chase Elliott knows that he needs to put his car up front, so he's going to be contending for a win, and he's good at Kansas. Um, but you've also got two other drivers who can run well on the mile and a half tracks as we've seen this season William Byron he's starting ninth and uh goodness oh Bowman in 25th oh I guess he got wrecked right yeah he was involved in that early incident okay that makes sense yeah so even Bowman in 25th that's not a big deal he can it's it's a long race he can find his way back up there but I think we're gonna see a a heavy Hendrick day and I would not be surprised if uh, Kyle Larson uh, slows down the pace a little bit and gives a uh, good old Chase Elliott a win just to help his teammate out. Yeah, I think, what was it? When Kurt Busch got his win at Atlanta earlier in the season, we saw team orders, and team orders is something we see in Formula One, but NASCAR not so often. So I think it'd be cool if we had one of those things. Uh, Kyle Larson slowed a pace for, I guess, Chase Elliott to get into the playoffs. But you got to think, at what point is it, I want to win a championship. You know Chase Elliott won the championship last year at Phoenix. You know he's good there. You know he runs solid there every time they go. If he allows the nine to get into the championship, isn't that he'd be raising the competition in there because he won it last year. So I don't know how smart a move that would be. Mr. H might like it, but I think Kyle Larson would still try to win that race just to limit Chase Elliott from making it to the Final Four. Yeah, I think I think overall Larson needs – Chase Elliott in that championship for just so he can appease Rick Hendrick and obviously Rick Hendrick wants two cars in the final four because at that point you're basically guaranteeing a, a Hendrick championship just from how those two cars run at Phoenix I think there's no way that Kyle Larson would like let that happen you you might want to appease Mr. H all you want but Rick Hendrick has shown that he likes Kyle Larson he wants this guy he puts his own company on the car like he lets it do the dirt race and stuff. I think Rick Hendrick knows the kind of driver Kyle Larson is, and that that team isn't dumb. I think it, they're not. That's not going to cross their mind. I would never let that happen, especially with the defendant champion. You're going in there the same date, so the weather's more than likely similar in that time of the year in Phoenix. I don't know. I could never see that happening. 
Oh, it could happen. All right, Dark Horse race winner, who you got this weekend? Dark Horse. Um, let's go Eric Jones. He looked good last week at Texas uh, in the top 10 for a good period of time. I think the momentum carries over. He'll probably end up bringing the same car from Texas to Kansas. So it's uh, we know it's fast. Winner, Joey Logano, said it earlier. I think he's going to be really solid this weekend and going to go pick up the win and lock himself into the Final Four. All right, Dark Horse, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. I've been – every single time we go to a mile-and-a-half track, or at least 90% of the time, I'm going to pick him as my Dark Horse. And at some point, it's going to pay off and he'll win a race. But I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick, uh, Dark Horse, race winner, Chase Elliott. Uh, I've said it multiple times during this podcast. Chase knows that he's he needs to run well. He does not want to be put in the same situation he's, he, as he was in last year, having to win the race to make it to the next round. Uh, it would take the stress off him. They can focus on uh, Phoenix. So I think Chase Elliott's going to be gunning for the the win all weekend. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Sunday, October 24th, 3 p.m., Hollywood Casino, 400 at Kansas Speedway. Get ready. It's going down, and we'll be here next week to talk about it. Spinal Wall Podcast, we'll see you soon.